Hi there, Megan Thompson with Megan Thompson Coaching, and today we're speaking about how your reactions impact your sensitive child, how you can use your reactions and your, manage your mindset, manage your emotions to lead your children out of the meltdown cycle. Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children? Stop walking on eggshells and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. You're parenting a sensitive child who tends to react or even overreact in extreme ways, like hitting, kicking, screaming, throwing things, threatening, saying life would be better off without them, Uh, They're a burden to you, you don't love them, you hate them, they hate you. And this can happen when they mess up their homework, when you ask them to go to bed, when you tell them to turn the screens off or to transition on to school, anything, all of the above, any of the above, right? It doesn't have to be this dire situation where you're asking your child to do something completely out of the ordinary and that's leading to meltdowns. So what we're talking about here is your sensitive child who's having meltdowns regularly, whether that be daily, multiple times a day, or multiple times a week beyond the age of four. Uh, None of that is appropriate. Even four-year-olds should not be having daily meltdowns. It's not developmentally appropriate for this level of emotional intensity. And so when we support parents in breaking out of this pattern, we've done this for years and uh, helped countless hundreds of families do the same. Uh, The important piece to understand is how much of an impact you have as a parent in breaking out of this pattern. And so there are, there are uh, good things and, and great things about that experience, right? Uh, When you are parenting your child, you are responsible for the family dynamic because you're the adult in the home. And when you are parenting your child stuck in the meltdown cycle, uh, you need to manage your own self-doubt, self-criticism, awareness, uh, worry, concern about whether or not you caused this, right? So it's important for us to to balance both of those, to manage both of those uh, statements, assumptions, etc., uh, because as a parent, it's important to understand that, that the meltdown cycle is not your fault and it is your responsibility. So what do I mean by that? Highly sensitive children are not discussed in your regular run-of-the-mill uh, mental health therapy approach, um, grad school training, temperament is not taught in uh, school, right? And it's not talked about in many, many parenting books or general parenting approaches. Uh, It's getting more traction now, but from an an understanding of what's led to your meltdown cycle in your family, the breakdown of this process and and breaking out of this pattern is not taught in any other uh, avenue. 
And so when uh, you're assessing, you know, how did we get here? And you're staying up late at night, Googling what is causing these meltdowns and what's going to help. Uh, it can be really uh, typical for parents stuck in the meltdown cycle to get stuck in an experience of despair and blame, right? Um, and guilt. I can't believe we uh, we're dealing with this, right? Our other children who are not highly sensitive aren't struggling as much, um, you know, and I see my daughter really struggling significantly. She seems uh, like she's in some deep emotional pain. What have we done, right? When you're having those thoughts or you're having those emotions run through you at, at late at night or at the end of the day and you guys are, are talking about how you can do better tomorrow and uh, feeling like you're grasping at straws and even pulling your own hair out, uh, this can be really overwhelming to try to address on your own. And so I want to focus on one of the key components to the work that's necessary to break out of the meltdown cycle and uh, that is addressing it from a place of feeling empowered as a parent. Uh, and in order to do that, you need to identify who you are as a person, as a human being, right? Uh, you are a problem solver, you are a fixer, you are likely very successful in many avenues of your life, right? And in this situation, you can feel quite unsuccessful or unproductive or ineffective. In, uh, in managing the meltdown cycle. And it's also true that that doesn't mean that you are a unsuccessful person. So it's really important to uh, be aware of the level of intensity that this meltdown cycle has placed on uh, your view of yourself if you're struggling with thoughts or, or worries that uh, you haven't been able to measure up in this, in this problem and that that's leaking into other parts of your life, a sense of inadequacy, uh, experience of feeling like an imposter, especially if you are a teacher yourself or a uh, parent uh, expert or a th child therapist or a therapist, right? Uh, we work with, with many experts in the field, medical professionals, et cetera, who feel as if they are putting on a facade when you're dealing with this problem in your own home, right? So. When we're working on breaking out of this pattern, it, we notice the important piece that you get to capitalize on, uh, which is a, a concept in uh, scientific research and in biology that was coined in the 1990s uh, related to how some people, how some organisms uh, relate to their environment. And so this concept is called vantage sensitivity that some people in the world in, and some um, animals as well uh, relate to their environment differently, more intensely than other people. And so when you take that and associate it as a temperament type uh, and associate it with the rest of the temperament type of, of being highly sensitive, you get to observe as a parent that your child is more receptive, and more impacted by the environment at home. And so what does that mean if you're experiencing the meltdown cycle, right? It means that when you use harsh punishment, when you use harsh language, when you react in emotional intensity, your child is gonna do one or two things. Uh, they are going to freeze up and, and either wanna run away or they're staying stuck in that emotion. Um, they're on a loop and they're not able to get out of it 
or they're going to fight. They're going to explode or double down on refusing whatever it is that you're asking them to do. Try to tell you what to do. Try to um, act in a way that is uh, the antithesis of the relationship that you have with them. So uh, they may respond in a way that you view as defiant. Uh, they may respond in a way that feels um, non, not collaborative and uh, a me versus you kind of approach, right? So when you are managing your emotions, the first thing that you need to do is to notice that you are modeling how to respond to stress and frustration to your child. And so if you are responding in these stressful moments with aggravation, with frustration, with yelling, with uh, wanting to check out or, or treating your child as fragile, which is uh, taking a, um, uh, a default or, or defaulting to your child's stance, then you are teaching your child that upset, frustration, aggravation, or conflict is to be met with fear and uh, is to be the, met with, um, with, with more conflict, right? Um, there, and so what you're doing is you're showing your child how to fight and flee or both um, or one or the other when stressed out. So it is important to understand that uh, your child learns best through their relationship with you and so it is important for you to focus on number two, which is to stress, uh, to understand your stressors, understand your triggers, and assess what it is that drives you crazy in these these uh, d this dynamic. Right? Is it a feeling of uh, of inadequacy? Is it the sense of feeling like you can't help your child? You feel helpless and sad, or is it a sense of feeling like? Uh, you're, you're unproductive, uh, that your child isn't following through on your directives, that it's inefficient or ineffective, it doesn't make any sense, it's illogical. Um, or worse, you start to build resentment, feel disrespected, um, assume that your child's doing this on purpose. And so if you are uh, able to assess your own emotional triggers, then your child will can be taught to assess theirs, right? Because you won't be able to lead your child if you don't know how to self-assess. So it is important for you to know yourself and understand what conclusions or assumptions that you jump to when you are stressed and uh, concerned with your children and their behavior. And the third thing that you need to be focusing on when you're managing your emotions is practicing patience. Oh boy, wait a minute, Meg. <laughs> News, right? I just need to be more patient. No, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, being more patient with the problem isn't going to work long term. The meltdown cycle can be fixed uh, and can be addressed and eliminated on, for a daily meltdown cycle in as little as eight weeks. We've helped over 600 families do just that in the last several years alone. And uh, so when we think about being patient, what I'm talking about is you being patient with yourself, being patient with your assumption that you should have fixed this by now, breaking out of a sense of guilt or shame, and uh, that is the first thing that you need to be able to do. Now, that's going to help you feel a little bit better. Uh, with that being said, it's important that, that, that you don't go on the complete opposite end of the, the, the pendulum here and um, have that lead to a sense of feeling like the problem's not that bad anymore. 
This is a big uh, shift that a lot of parents need to make when you when you when you're breaking out of uh, and watch out for also uh, when you're breaking out of the meltdown cycle. You as a parent are the one who needs to fix the problem, and so as as a result, you're the one that that needs to lead the show in terms of the family motivation and the family approach. Okay, so. As a result, what that means is you need to take it seriously, right? You need to take it seriously. You need to be experiencing um, and witnessing the fact that you're stuck and take that seriously because your child feels stuck on a daily basis. If your child is melting down, freaking out, and uh, engaging in behavior that destroys relationships like aggression, name-calling, isolation, refusal, then your child is miserable, And if you are addressing um, this problem by starting to reduce guilt, right? Starting to um, feel a little bit better because now you have some insight into why the problem is is happening, recognizing that it's not your fault. You can break out of the guilt and shame. It is still critically important that you stay focused on addressing the problem even while you feel a little bit better. This is something that we help our clients do and a pattern that that our clients can fall into if uh, they don't have the mindset focus on motivation because once you start to feel a little bit better because you have some information about a problem, you can actually take your foot off the gas in terms of addressing the transformation that's required to break out of the problem. Information creates relief, right? Uh, and that relief of feeling um, frustrated, upset, worried, concerned, uh, if you're not careful, can lead to a reduction in motivation to get out of the problem. Human beings will run further from pain than they will towards pleasure. It's just natural human behavior. And so when um, you are a Uh, fear-based being, right? Naturally, it is important for you to run away from something you fear. You and you start to feel a little bit better because now you understand your kid's highly sensitive. Um, You may feel less fearful of the problem altogether and you'll start to think that that it's going to get better soon. And um, this is a natural neuroscientific uh, experience in terms of habit building and, and and Uh, It's important to notice that that will not serve you. You will need to start to live intentionally in solving this problem. So when we teach our clients to intentionally make decisions and build habits and build routine and foster the skills that their child needs to foster, um, we, we start that pattern early because you need to have the patterns in place of behavior change for yourself so that when you start to feel better about your child's suffering, Uh, You stop reducing the uh, importance you place on the problem. Now, this is this could be really hard to hear if you're not um, having a back and forth with a professional about this, right? Because you can jump to conclusions about what I'm trying to say here. You, Megan, what do you mean? How dare you think that if I feel a little bit better, I won't stop thinking about my child suffering? I've been doing this for over 14 years and it's just something that we see so often. Uh, It's a natural automatic brain response to change. When you start changing how you're responding to the world, it takes 14 days for your brain to start telling you that you've got this handled. 
uh, your brain starts to shift some of the behaviors that you've put in place into uh, automaticity, into the automatic thinking patterns. 95% of what we do as human beings is automatic. So if you're not careful and you're trying to change your perspective, you're trying to change your uh, behavior patterns, 14 days from becoming alert and intentional towards changing your behavior is when you need to be um, really paying attention. Uh, your brain will start to think that you've got this. So if you're listening to one of our shows and you've been listening for longer than uh, two weeks and your child is still struggling but you've noticed you're starting to feel a little bit better, that is actually the time that you need to double down, not uh, loosen up. Um, and, and that's really hard to do if you don't have the mindset support, the mindset work, and you're not working on, you know, how you're managing your emotions, etc. This is one of the reasons why many, many parents get stuck trying to follow through on a self-led process, right? Um, one of my mentors years ago, and it stuck with me so, uh, effectively calls, um, self-help books, shelf help books. And I borrowed that from him because uh, when we look at the experience of reading a book, it's a passive experience. We get information, but we're not having a back and forth action-based focus in taking, um, in taking uh, intelligent and effective action towards changing the problem. So we've gained information, but we don't have a back and forth uh, bouncing ideas off of process going on when we're reading a book. We're just learning, right? We're getting the information. When you take learning in, and you shift it into transformation, you need accountability and you need troubleshooting. This is why mindset support and mindset work and shifting how you think and perspective shifting is just one part of the puzzle uh, when, when you're working on um, a shifting, uh, shifting out of the meltdown cycle. Because when you get that information, you start to feel relief. Oh, okay, I, I, I'm understanding the problem differently now. Great. And then um, you start to implement maybe, you know, from a book, some, some sort of strategy that you're, you're hearing or a tactic or an intervention. And then when it doesn't work as you move out of that honeymoon phase of it, of, of, or the shiny object syndrome phase of learning a book and learning from a book, um, or learning from some sort of other passive information gathering thing like social media um, information or tick track, uh, sorry, uh, tricks or tactics taught in some other platform um, or some other sort of like uh, passive course that you're, you're learning from where it's just a class and you're digesting it on your own. Um, there, there comes a time when you need support in applying the work. Uh, because the first or second time you use a tactic or, or an intervention, it may or may not work. If it does work, then you start to experience more relief. And then uh, when uh, the rubber meets the road, you start to apply it more regularly. Your brain uh, stops associating your intentions that you had two weeks ago with the actions that you've been taking. And so that motivation wanes to take intense action and your consistency shifts and uh, your follow-through changes because it's not as bad as, as it used to be. And this is why so many parents get stuck in the meltdown cycle with the fits and starts because, and you, you, you can tend to, um, you know, without an expert looking at it, right, a neutral party having solved the problem over and over and over again, 
um, it's really hard to see inside your own fish, see outside your fishbowl, inside your fishbowl, right? Like if you're fish swimming in your fishbowl and all you know is the rocks and, and your treasure chest and um, uh, the bubble machine and everything, and that's that's all you know. You're learning from, and, and somebody puts new rocks in, <laughs> in your fishbowl, and I don't know where I'm going with this metaphor, so bear with me, and, and you're learning a new way to swim, um, you're still experiencing your world based on the environment that you have, right? So it's, it's still in your own little bubble of uh, sphere of influence, right? And so when you, you know, and I'm using this as an example because I've, I've worked with coaches for countless years and invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in mentorship over the years and every year, actually, um, to stay at the top of my game and to be really effective in the number of clients that we serve year after year and uh, being performance coaches, uh, high performance mindset coaches that we are, in addition to being effective um, mental health consultants, we, I have to be able to lead um, at a high level our team as well as our clientele. And so the experience of passively learning uh, gets you some aha moments, but when you're trying to grow your experience. You can't, um, you can't, and grow your skill set. You can't do that if you don't have feedback uh, assessing how you're doing, because all you know is how you see yourself doing uh, well or or not well, and um, it's very difficult to watch oneself perform. Right, your perception of yourself is always going to be skewed um, positively, even if at the end of the day, you feel bad about what you've done or, or you experience self, uh, you experience guilt. Um, it's a human being's natural tendency to give yourself the benefit of the doubt, to experience some semblance of hope about how you're doing and to um, talk yourself out of making major changes because it's important for a human being to stay comfortable because it comfort zone keeps you in a position of... Um, a sense of stability, a false sense of stability for sure, but it it, uh, it it avoid it's an avoidance of danger tactic, and human beings are wired to avoid danger. So, when you look at successful people and study successful people in any avenue, um, whether that be in business, in athleticism, in academia, in um, in career success, outside of you know business ownership, entrepreneurship. Th- all of uh, these successful people have mentors or coaches um, or um, uh, leaders who they, you know, whose systems they hack and, and follow and, and follow through on because they're looking to stretch themselves outside of their comfort zone in order to achieve something they've never achieved before. In order to do that, you need to follow a process and you need somebody watching you to tell you when to pivot when to turn right instead of left, um, when you're learning new skills, right? And, and so that process can't be self-taught. Um, what happens, and go back to my you know, self-help becomes shelf-help, is because eventually you put the book down and it's very unlikely that a human being will um, pick the book back up to get the answers again, because again, that's a passive manner of learning. So you're likely to to treat the passive manner of learning passively. 
uh, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy here. So you might read a book more than once, right? Um, and, and try uh, more than once because you're a persistent person who, again, we talk about, you know, the people who watch and li or listen to our show here, um, you're not, you're not, um, uh, you're not doing it for, for kicks, right? You, you're a problem solver, you're a fixer. And, and so you're looking to, um, improve the dynamic in your household. You're trying, right? Um, you're not one to give up easily. And it's important to understand the difference between, um, pro breaking out of a sense of, of just information gathering and applying uh, information into transformation that requires not only support, but it also requires, um, it requires a strategy. You need to be able to pull certain components from some of the books that you're reading or some of the books that you've read before and then learn how to make them all meld together. Uh, that requires a significant amount of study. And as regular old busy parents that you are, right? Uh, it's exceptionally difficult to do that without like quitting your job or um, taking a hiatus from parenting <laughs> um, because it's, it, you know, if you're reading these books and these articles and these mommy blogger articles and the Psychology Today articles and watching over and over again passively uh, different content from content, uh, digital content creators, um, it, it, it creates a facade of doing something because what you're doing is you're trying to feed your mind, right? Um, but without putting in place action of what you're learning in a step-by-step -step way, um, you, you've created a sense of what we call active passivity. Um, you're actively and simultaneously passively trying to address the problem by just soaking up information. So the book gets put down, right? Um, or bits and pieces that you can pull from it get um, get repeated without the context of the book because there's only so much you can learn from a book um, without troubleshooting and accountability. So um, what's important to understand is the patience with yourself to reduce the guilt to get you into action can't be simultaneously influencing your uh, importance on the uh, the matter uh, at hand, the, the, the meltdown cycle that you're dealing with. You have to be focusing on the fact that your child is struggling, your child doesn't have the skills, and that this isn't an information problem, this is a skill gap problem. And so whenever you're trying to learn a new skill, it's most effective to learn from somebody who has mastered the skill. Um, or, you know, in, in our case, if you want our support to do that, it would be a team of people who have mastered the skills that we teach because we work um, from a team perspective. So uh, parents who work with us have six coaches managing their family's support and process, not just one. Um, and so when we look at that dynamic, uh, it, it's important for you to be paying attention to the awareness that, that you need to be focusing on becoming your child's consultant, not their manager. As you're raising your child, um, they are going to need to trust their gut come adolescence. Even preteen is, is around age 11 is when children start to appreciate and prioritize their relationship with their peers more than their parents. So if you're parenting a six-year-old, you've got five years to support your six-year-old in trusting their gut 
understanding uh, where they're stuck and building and believing that they're capable, they're, they're going to need more uh, practice than on that than on self-doubt, uh, worry, concern, quitting, and um, lack of follow through and refusal, right? So um, it's important to understand when you're raising a young adult at age six and building those um, those neural pathways for your six-year-old, uh, their self-concept is starting to be built and starting to be solidified around age seven, what they're capable of and how they view themselves. Identity really um, takes a big, um, a big stronghold at age seven. Now, obviously, we're human beings, we can change. And uh, the concept of neuroplasticity is important here. The, the brain is, is moldable, it is shiftable. Um, but it is important for you to understand the concepts of early intervention. When you're looking at uh, supporting children, the earlier, the better, uh, the faster, the better uh, in that respect to um, support them in, in changing not only how they view themselves, but also how they solve problems so that you can get on with creatively solving different problems um, and not just working on helping your child creatively solve whether or not they're going to brush their teeth or go to school that day. Um, that takes an incredible amount of patience when you're parenting a two-year-old and you don't need to keep that level of intense, incredible amount of patience when, by the time your kid is six, they should be doing that quite independently. So um, even when they're highly sensitive, even when they're worried, even when they're frustrated, uh, they can be coached to move on from that frustration in the moment and uh, led to, to be quite um, independent and, and um uh, and sustain that skill uh, quite effectively. So when we look at this uh, process and, and my invitation to you, um, the, the, the whole focus on how you lead first uh, is to observe that this is simply one part of the, the shifts that you need to make in order to break out of this pattern. Um, the other several are uh, spoken about in, in different um uh, shows and, and so you can definitely do a deep dive into what we talk about in our process. If you want our help to lead out your child out of this meltdown cycle, you want, you know that you need to be the one to do that based on what science tells us uh, related to how highly sensitive kids learn, then I encourage you to book a call with our team. And uh, you'll pick a time and, and we will uh, get on the phone. My, my team will speak with you about where, what you're struggling with, what your child's needs are, uh, whether or not those are fitting in the category of what we do in our specialty and our expertise of breaking out of the meltdown cycle. And if your goals f are focused on what we do, right? Because if your goals are just um, to help your child fall in line with whatever it is that you ask of them, no matter how you respond, whether you're yelling or not, um, and that they just need to get it together. And um, you have no interest in learning about how their mind works and, and um, how to help them build emotional intelligence, then the work that we do isn't going to be a fit. We would be referring you to some other support system, support network to uh, potentially take that approach. Uh, however, if you want to be able to understand your child, 
<clears throat> lead them from a place of building their gut and their emotional resilience, and you're willing to do the heavy lifting to make that happen, uh, then we, we can talk about that on that call and determine if we're a good fit for breaking out of this pattern. And if that's the case, then we'll tell you exactly how that works, which we'll walk you through exactly uh, our system and why we know uh, what we do works for your particular family. And you can get started working with us right away on that very same phone call. And um, it's important to, to capitalize on your momentum. As I already mentioned, your brain will start to tell you that you've got it covered in the next couple of weeks. Um, if, if you don't take swift action. So happy to have that conversation and we look forward to having that with you and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of how to parent your highly sensitive child like a ninja. We release a brand new episode every week. So be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen, what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson, and we look forward to speaking to you soon.